Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level, but didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the Bone Cave. <laughs> I was just thinking I could have done I could have done that ready to rumble. You know that whatever that guy used to do. It's actually um, trademarked. I don't think you can do that. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, l- let nope. me say it five more times no, to see if we can get in trouble. So anyway. Yeah, we're already in trouble. Uh, you, you know why? You know why we're in trouble? Because this whole country's up uh, right now. <laughs> there, I honestly saw something today. They're, they're thinking about not having it be called Mother's Day anymore. Hey, Bleep, I got a question. Yeah, I don't do, think that's going to happen. Do, do we get charged for a bleep if he auto-bleeps <laughs> it? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, you get a discount on that one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Could you, Brandon? Could you adhere to that so we get a discount today? So <laughs> I never. You, have, you got. I, I got us covered. Yeah. I never have to worry about it with Brandon. <laughs> no, Brandon's a good Christian. Boy. Hey, I just got back from. I just got back from woke world. I just got back from Disneyland, and I, I can confirm that oh. the world is a pretty crazy place. Oh my yeah. gosh! Did they did they give you that? Uh, Instead of boys and girls, they what do they say instead of that now? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, they say something like dreamers or something. Attention all dreamers. Are you sh- yeah, they, no, they, don't, they, don't want to call, they don't want to call the little girls princesses anymore. They're supposed to be getting yeah. away from that. It's uh, No, why are we pandering? Here. Why yeah. are we pandering to the less than 1%? You know what we need to do a podcast? Rolling Bones Opinion Unleashed. Well, my it's funny. My daughter has. Uh, What's that, you Kelly? Know, you know what? We've already got the ro- we've already got the logo for that. By the way, it's called RBO Raw. RBO Raw. I we should you, do it. I kid you not. We should do it. Hey, if you if if you're listening today and you'd like that, go ahead to our Instagram page. I'll put a post on there today this afternoon. What do you think? And give us a comment. Um, and yeah, I'll my, I'll my, tag I'll tag Brandon and you and you please. My so. daughter has he she uh, she showed me one of her syllabuses at school. And the teacher has... Is that like a curriculum? Yeah. Okay. And uh, <laughs> and he's got the, his pronouns on it. No. He goes, oh, yeah, look at this. No. And I was like, what? No. You identify as he, he or him. Uh, <laughs> I never, I never had is, one of this those. This has got to be a fad. I mean, it's going to... Yeah. It, it's got to go away. But anyway, welcome to the Bone Cave. We have a cure for it all because it is now shooting season. We're going to talk about shooting season today. So um, I'm Brian Maiman, founder of Rolling Bones Outdoors. To my left is Bleep, the one and only. Across the table sitting where he always sits. You know what we're going to have to do is hashtag 393 Brad Dana. I have my hands up. Not like this. No, Ballistic Jesus. You had your hands (laughs) out first. Um, So, And then uh, um, Brandon Neal to my right today, and we are ready to roll. So, When you said we we were having a really awesome dude, I thought it was going to be Elon Musk was joining us today. It was Brandon, huh? We got a big build. I don't know if Brandon really joins us because he's on often enough where he's not joining us. We're just all together. (laughs) Couldn't join. Still brings the electricity, though. He does bring electricity. Is he's got a lot of energy after being at where were you? Disney, Disneyland. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. I, I, 
I was, hey, you, you say, why are we pandering to the 1%? Uh, when we were there, we were the 1%, just so you know. We didn't feel very comfortable. <laughs> really? Are you I, there, there, was one, there was one time we were walking down the street, and I, I told my wife, Lexi, I go, hey, Kay, we're going to walk the next 500 yards. I want you to count how many, rate, how many normal people you see. And I don't think we countered one. So, so we, were, we were not the normal people there. Wow. That's, yeah, anyway. Wow. You were the other people. Yeah. Well, how can these not normal people afford to go there? No, we don't want to digress. We want to talk about shooting. Um, it's one of the comments I get all the time that our podcast does stay on course, but today it might not. Um, so I just don't understand how these abnormal people afford to go to a place like that. Do they not have jobs? Mm. Uh, for a long time, probably. They haven't. <laughs> don't need, haven't needed they one have, for a while. They've figured it out. <laughs> Holy shit. Let's talk about hunting, something we can control, shooting. Shooting schools and adventures. So we're going to talk about shooting for success today is the name of the podcast. And the reason we're going to do that is we just wrapped up our shooting schools in St. George, Utah for the early season shooting schools. And, Brandon, you, you, you have an amazing setup down there that we run these at, and, uh, um, and it's pretty cool. Uh, and we really appreciate it, and uh, I know a lot of people enjoy it. Boy, isn't that the truth. You know, I was thinking about that, and I was looking back up because we got a bunch of good photos because Lucas came with us and did a bunch of filming, and uh, it, it, I, it almost feels like a home range again now, and, and I was able to take in some, I mean, amazing scenery out, out in those desert mountains, and St. George is a cool place. It's uh, it's beautiful. It's a desert beautiful. You know, it's very different than the Black Hills. But um, you live in an awesome, an awesome spot, Brandon. It is. It's it's cool. We we love it. You know, we're from northern Utah, and it's definitely different uh, up there around the Salt Lake area. But yeah, here in St. George, we're more we're about an hour and a half north of Vegas, so it's pretty easy to get to. And um, it's uh, it is. It's it's a uh, really pretty place and it's you know the range is close to where we do our classroom and everything's just in it i mean it's really that's kind of nice i think you know we, we don't have to leave super early in the morning on saturday to get out to the range and um, we can get back and forth if we need to and uh yeah the range is set up to where we've got just a bunch of different options of where we can shoot from and it's it's cool it really is. And, and one of the things from a shooting school perspective, and I know we did a podcast. What number was that, Bleep? It was uh, about four podcasts ago. Okay, four po we just did a podcast on shooting schools because be because it is shooting season. But one of the things we thought we would do today is bring in um, a, a few more details on what we really uh, emphasize at the school. But as importantly as that, what we do for um, data um, and then range preparation, what we're doing at the range to make ourselves better as hunters and that downrange shot. And I know, you know, both of you guys can talk to that and we're going to have a, uh, a great conversation today. But we see so many people that their top three nemesis or problems, if you will, get addressed. And we'll talk about each one of them. But one is um, target acquisition. Okay. Number two is breathing and squeezing. Okay. And number three is just really the approach to the rifle and building that um, natural point of aim, depending stable, on stable where the, platform, the stable platform, the stable point of aim. Yep. 
And so those would be the three that we see people struggle with the most. And they, they, they you know, but those are the three things that are going to make them more successful in the field. No? Yep. Getting square Agreed. behind the gun, stable, good sight alignment. Just starts right at the beginning. Um, yeah, and, that, and, and this range in Utah, it's funny because I was thinking the other day, I don't think we've had the same wind condition on any two given days. It's always different there. It is. It's been crazy because we uh, this this time we got a little uh, we had a little more f- fun at the very end. We shot to fourteen hundred yards. We don't usually do that that long of a shot on the uh, level one school, but I could feel the uh, updraft, and I and I added a minute right out of the gate on my calls, and I was still short. But we haven't had that updraft typically there. But we have crosswinds, uh, wind in your face. We've, I, we've never had a wind at our back at that place. But the weather is always gorgeous. It's super cool. I really like that uh, St. George place, the St. George range. It, it is really good. And it's funny because you, you mentioned, um, you know, uh, the atmospherics and all the yeah. wind and all the stuff that's happening. I talked to a marine sniper instructor today that used to instruct in Hawaii, and he said one of the big things there was is lots of different shifting winds in where they used to instruct that. And, uh, um, and I said, well, you got to come to this shooting school or academy because you would love it if you want to deal with wind. So yes. anyway – um, that, that, uh, that for sure is, is a big part. Uh, and I would say those are the big, th- there, there's three p- things that people are coming to learn from us. Um, one is the windage. Okay. They, yeah. it's the, one of the biggest things they want to know is how do you guys read wind? I mean, um, th- I, we got a lot of good pictures of, uh, us communicating the mirage and how we look at it and, and full value, quarter value, all that stuff. Um, that's one. Uh, the other one is staying behind a rifle and getting set up to track your shot. I would say that's another big one. And then the third one is, is always, um, updraft when, you know, just that the atmospherics, how does it, how does this affect my shot that day? So anyway, but you guys are out at the range all the time. So why don't we talk to everybody about what we do at the range when it comes to our approach, data collection, and uh, how we get ready for shooting season because right now is shooting season for us because literally from the end of March, beginning of April through July, we're at the range almost every other weekend for sure shooting, if not every weekend. Mm-hmm. With a group. Yeah, with a group and if yeah. not with a group ourselves yeah, but, but, because yeah. we got rifles coming in, you're testing rifles, Brandon, you're testing rifles, you know? I, I mean, I, I think it's uh, what's great about the level one course is, uh, you know, in fact, we, we've had a lot of people come and, and do repeat level ones, I think three, even four times, and then they're coming back again. Um, because when they come to our level one course, uh, you know, they, we, have a, we have the classroom session where um, we go over a lot of the fundamentals um, the, a lot of the basics of, you know, what a reticle is and, and what your turret is and what it does, um, how we build our rifles and how we build them around the bullet. We explain a lot of that. But uh, what I what I love is when we get to the range, uh, we set all the mats out. So this last this last school, uh, so the first school we had that you guys talked about a few weeks ago was a corporate school, and so a lot of those people were like first time shooters. They weren't hunters. 
Well, this group we had um, out of the 10 students we had there, probably six were pretty adamant, six or seven were adamant hunters and the others were more kind of getting into it and interested in, in, in starting to hunt or hunt more. And so we get out there, we set up all their mats and we had 10, uh, 10 mats all set up. We had 10 rifles all set up. They're all set up the same. Uh, and the reason we do that is so that when, they, when, when you come to our school, we're not uh, we're not trying to fiddle around with different guns and setups. We, we we can focus on the fundamentals of marksmanship. We can focus on how to get familiar with the rifle and and a lot of the the, the fundamental things. And so, for me, some of the things that I really like and still pick up on today is you know finding out what what eye is your dominant eye. You know, and you know we we go through and we we uh, teach them how to get behind the rifle and show them how to do that. We take a lot of time um, on trigger squeeze and dry firing and um, all of those things. I, I think, um, you know, we, we had one guy on our last school, actually. In fact, it's funny. He's calling me right now. Uh, he, he had shot quite a bit and uh, he, he but, but all the people that he brought with him um, hadn't shot very much. And he goes, oh, I probably don't need to worry about the dry fire part. Right. And uh I uh, made sure he knew it. That, that that's really, I mean, I think that's one of the most important parts of the entire school is being able to have the correct trigger squeeze, have the, the, the correct, correct breathing. Because when we get to the shooting portion and uh, we get out to five, six, 700 yards, if you don't have those fundamentals down, everything, the wheels just come off the bus so fast. And uh, those guys that don't take that part serious get really frustrated. And uh, it's just not as fun when you're frustrated, you know? So um, we really try to emphasize that the first, you know, the first, uh, what, hour, hour and a half of the day, just the fundamentals there. It's very helpful. Hey, Brandon, I don't know, maybe you want to touch on this, but people have asked about, can I bring my own rifle? But really, you guys have got them all set up, identically prepared on the 10 mats, at least in this last shooting school. That saves a lot of hassle, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, we're using six Creed Moors, so there's there's low recoil. We know how they shoot. So the reason that's important for us is is because when we're teaching somebody how to shoot, um, you know, whether it's starting out at 100 yards or we're starting to get out to distance, is if they're missing the target, we know probably a 95% chance is not the rifle. Um, it's probably the the shooter. So that helps us. Um, if somebody does want to bring their own rifle, we just want to make sure before they ever come that their rifle is set up with, uh, you know, MOA, it's that their cheek well set up properly. They've got the, the right ammo, their, their rifles dialed in because if they come with their own rifle and they want us to kind of start setting it up, it just, it's, there's just not enough time to do it, uh, well, and do it, it justice. It, it and, distracts and do that. From, and it, so it's, it, it distracts from the other people in the class too. To be, because you got all these people that are there, and they all want to get something out of it. And then if you got one guy with a rifle, and he has highs, and he doesn't have enough, you know, elevation in his scope, um, we might not be able to do anything for him after four or five hundred yards anyway. You know what I'm saying? So we're 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 working uphill against the wind from the beginning, and we're taking an instructor away from. Because here's what we like to do: we like to we like to work you know, in as smaller groups as we can, we break it down. So there's maybe, you know, one instructor for three or four students, and then they're all getting hands-on because we want to build that 
approach to their shooting abilities, and we work on shooting abilities, not just um, uh, you know the rifles. And this, this this course we just have identified that it's not for really getting somebody's rifle set up. You know, um, we'd rather have them send us their rifle early and let us just do it. Um, Brandon had a guy there that wanted to bring his rifle. Um, not Mike, Derek, right? Derek, great guy, phenomenal shot. He was he was in my group, so of course he was. Um, at the end, he was beating everybody. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, at least you laughed at that. Um, these other guys need some yeah. coffee today. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, it was uh, – um, anyway, yeah – that's what we do. The other thing I wanted to add to what he was saying was the dry firing is the most underrated practice ever. And how many times have we had people say that they come there and they turn their nose up to dry firing and they're like, oh, and then they, they get out there and we start shooting at four five, 600 yards and they see how fast we got them there because of where we got them at 100. And then they go, I totally get it now. Well, it, it was interesting because – First, we should back up because uh, in this last in this last shooting school, we had uh, some buddies show up, and uh, Dave Schram came with his buddy Kurt, and uh, Kurt passed away shortly shortly after the shooting school was over. So we we had a blast with those guys, and we miss Kurt already. Um, but Kurt said at the end of this, the very next day, actually, the very next day, super sad situation. But I, we, you know, because we all go, we go back. Um, to the classroom area and we have supper and we all, uh, you know, have some camaraderie and fellowship. And Kurt goes, you know, at the beginning, you go through all of that stuff. And, you know, I was thinking about it. I couldn't have done what I couldn't have accomplished what I accomplished if I wouldn't have spent that time and getting those, those base skills and the fundamentals down. Um, so, that was his comment, and uh, super good dude, and uh, we'll be missed, huh? Yeah, it'd be greatly missed, and uh, um, our sympathy goes out to his family yep. and Ben and uh, David. Um, it was It's just super sad, and, you know, Brandon had said, too, on that post, it's, there's a, such a fraternity because he wasn't a hunter, but um, he was a shooter. And he, he was a shooter. He loved to be around that. He was a shooter and a buddy, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was like, because they posted a picture. Um, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not uh, super Facebooky yet, but um, he posted a Facebook picture um, when they were all in college. A uh, group of three buddies. And, and, uh, and then they pitched, posted a picture from that weekend, mm. too. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah super sad yeah. and uh, bad deal. But I tell you what, class act human being. Dave and his son, Ben, the three yeah. of them. I mean, we had so much fun. What a fun Hell, weekend. What, yeah, yeah. The, at breakfast, before we even went over, uh, Kurt was just busting my balls like crazy. Well and, deserved, uh, I'm sure. Because well, he's, he's a good, good Iowa he's got boy. He's good taste. Yeah, he was, he, of course he has good taste. He's a good Iowa guy. <laughs> good taste. But he was not very <laughs> funny that morning. So um, <laughs> well, so, so my analogy to this, uh, to this, this is kind of a marksmanship. You develop your marksmanship, and then you can go home and grab your gun and it's a lot easier once you've got those skills and you really have them dialed in. And it's not like you're going to go home and it's going to be forever etched and permanently set. You know, you're going to have to re repeat and repeat those skills and all that. But um, that makes it a lot easier to go home and transfer to your rifle system. 
Well, speaking of that, 100%. You, you've got students that go through level one every year, don't you? Pretty much we do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you, 100%. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, it's funny because one of the guys, that he, he stopped by the show and he goes, you were focusing on something different this year. You were talking, I can't even remember what he was saying. And I said, no, I, we always talk about that. And he's like, well, you yeah. know, I, I keep learning yeah. Yeah. so much more every year right. that exactly. now other stuff sinks in. And that's cool. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, it's like taking a, you know, if you get a big piece of equipment, you get a new CAT scan or something, you don't even know the right questions to ask at the beginning. Well, you use it, you know, and you get the more skilled you get. Right. The, the more you can pick up. Sure. I do want to mention something real quick here, too. If you want more on dry firing techniques, episode 57 of Hunt the World, um, you guys talked extensively about that. And that was actually one of our highest rated episodes. So episode fifty-seven, and and don't forget to subscribe. So, so Brad also. must not have been on that. Uh, <laughs> Brad, Brad wasn't on that one. He was the reason it was the highest rated. <laughs> no. Oh my yeah, God! I mean, now you're really. kissing his. You guys are. No, is that right? On, come on. You oh. know you guys are hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. But you so, know it's one of the accurate, huh, Brandon? Accurate. But you wouldn't think of it. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Well, but, even this year we've gone to a flat trigger shoe. And I really like that. I've been, you know, we've been dry firing that. And even a simple change like that, uh, um, not that I, I, everybody everybody's an individual preference, but that's one thing I've noticed with dry firing is uh, we've changed to a flat trigger shoe on a bunch of this stuff. And I, and I do like that. I've always liked a wide curve shoe before. And uh, yeah, I like that. I like that uh, trigger shoe too. I think that the thing about dry firing to me, it, it it always it always helps with target acquisition because, like I sit on my back porch a couple nights a week, and I just try to identify something a long ways away, throw the gun up, see if I how fast it take to grab it, zoom in, and then fire and shoot. I think that's such a great behavior and a and 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 a good activity, and I think people miss that. And when they come to that first hour of the class, they turn their nose to it. But it really, really adds a lot to their ability to hold their eye on that reticle. You know what I think it, what you this the practice that you do with that aids in target acquisition that people generally don't or won't do, because quite frankly. Um, what we've been doing this eight, nine years now, these schools, yep. number one problem, number one difficulty every time we do it, target, target acquisition. acquisition. And yep. it's not and even, it, and the, and the jump. Go ahead, Brandon. I was going to say this, this school is especially, uh, I guess, challenging on the target target acquisition because we didn't have all of our targets in a line, you know, and, uh, we, we may do that from now on in our level one course, just because we did have guys having a tough time. The plates we were shooting us. Yeah. They weren't very big plates and it took some guys. I mean, we had to get on the rifle and help them get on the target, you know, and, um, show them how to zoom their scope out and then zoom it back in once they were on the target. And, uh, I, I think, um, you know, anybody who's guided somebody on a hunt or helped somebody out on a hunt, that if you're with a guide, every time I've ever been with a guide, one of their most frust biggest frustrations is when they're hunting with somebody who doesn't shoot very much is they can't find the dang animal in the, in the scope when it comes time to take the shot. 
And the That's outfitter, a really good point. And, and the outfitter wants you to kill the son of a gun because he gets paid basically mm-hmm. to deliver, and he's begging you just find it. Actually, he some of them aren't very Christian, but they can become really good, big Jesus fans at that moment because they start using <laughs> Jesus's name oh and get him involved in, you know, JC find that target. Oh. Um, but uh, I'm just telling you, that's what I've witnessed. You've witnessed the same, huh, Brandon? Oh, ab- absolutely. You know, well, and and you know, I, I I've been there. I mean, I've been where I've been super excited and, and just forgot some fundamentals in the moment and had it t- took me a minute to acquire something in the scope. You Dude, know? I remember that I was with you and I shot three coyotes from underneath you. <laughs> <laughs> Never happened. No, but... <laughs> yes. I've had, to, I've had to keep shooting mountain goats when Brian was having trouble with target. Acquisition. Oh my oh, here God. We go again. That's right. We are bleep. bleep I don't give a shit what you do the <laughs> no. next three days. Oh. That video needs to get on YouTube <laughs> to show the world what an ass he is so anyway well, didn't i send that with you guys to the shooting <laughs> yes school? you did but you zoomed yeah. in so it did yeah it, did, it didn't uh, yeah. show it didn't we, show we, that we, that poor brian off to the side <laughs> trying to find it it just showed hero here bam 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 and brandon was like i get that you know so <laughs> but i'll throw in the cutaway next time. but really really important skill and and just what you're doing because you're you're actually not practicing target acquisition it just you're just doing it mm-hmm. but if a person did that you do it i think mostly with your 22 i you, do yeah with my 22 nice. sometimes you click, shoot click, you click. shoot even live rounds at your little bullet bunker oh dude this care. morning you guys you're oh it's uh, fortunate me, it's I'm, not I'm like it's not i know come on you got to self bleep you're costing us this podcast expensive podcast <laughs> I, I i'm usually the serious one as you would say so this morning where where i always sit to do that at I'm standing there having a cup of coffee, and I look, and there is one of those little jack squirrels literally that far out my window. And I'm like, dude, I have a new objective tomorrow and the next day, and that's to mangle that little sucker with my 22. So, And I live in a subdevelopment where it's not appropriate. Well, they say you shouldn't shoot, but I have my own four acres. Well, I think it's I legal a, if you have a canned 22 there. Though, I do. I have, a, I have yeah. a suppressed 22. <laughs> Silenced. Silencer. It's a silencer. So anyway, but that's uh, that's the number one difficulty of people. And the, the giant step between number one and number two is is of epic proportion. That is by far the biggest hurdle, um, you know, and, and just just going out to 600 yards. It doesn't have to be terribly, terribly far. You know, we look at our four or five, 600 yard targets. And even at that range is when things start getting harder um, to find in your scope. So, and that's, you know, I would say some of, going to maybe gear. We, do we get to talk about gear? Are you no, guys, not, you guys no we're like not talking talk, about gear. But I would tell like you, talk we, can, we can talk about gear all you want, but I would tell you the squeeze, the reticle, and the breathing uh, I said was number two, you know, that sequence and building that sequence. That's the other thing with dry firing. You can build your sequence in that first morning. Um, we're having everybody build your sequence. Because when you go out to the range, Brandon, and you lay down, because how many times a week do you go out usually? On average, three? Probably at least once a week. I mean, I, I go shoot. Uh-huh, at least. Bullsh- you're sending Instagram posts all the time not working, <laughs> going. I, I actually threatened that he should have to move here so he can't go to the range as much. Research and development, Brian. Remember oh, research. Oh, yeah, yeah. R&D. There it is. 
So, yes. so, but uh, b- before you make a long range shot, do you sit down and practice your breathing sequence and um, engage it with uh, your squeeze, your reticle placement, and your breathing? I do. Yeah, every time, every time I do, and it's it's fun. I mean, I just like to get down there and and uh, just really visualize the whole shot, the whole shot sequence. Make sure I'm lined up behind the rifle properly. Make sure my rifle's leveled. Uh, make sure I've got my parallax adjusted appropriately. You know, I'm uh, I'm dialed in. I've got my my reticle burning into my eye, and then squeezing that trigger and making sure there's no movement when I squeeze that trigger. And uh, and then really taking that first shot too. You know, that first shot, making sure that uh, I stay on the target and uh, be able to. I mean, a lot of times I'll just go shoot by myself real quick. And so um, if I'm if I'm dialing in a rifle, you know, out out at, at distance, uh, I need to be able to see where I'm hitting. So. Um, you know, we, we, uh, it's, it's, that's another reason it's important to get behind your rifle properly, because if you do that, then when you make a shot, if you do miss, you can see where your miss is and you can make a correction and get that second shot down range, which one of the things I really like about what we do also is we shoot a lot. So giving Brad a hard time about shooting at that mountain goat a bunch because, uh, you know, he, he just wants to shoot a lot. That's what we do too, right? We, we, <laughs> we do shoot a lot. We can, yeah. The day we have to quit giving Brad a hard time about that crap, then I'm done with this podcast. I agree. We're done. We just shut down the whole company. <laughs> we just shut down the whole company. It's, it's embarrassing. I had a guy, an outfitter tell me that he the animal was dead once. I didn't have to shoot him anymore. <laughs> was like, he was moving. <laughs> exactly. The outfitter said, dead animal, quit shooting. And Brad's just like, I can't. I can't. You know, it, it was just. Uh, Is that bad? So, but here's the thing: the follow through is a big issue, and 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 one of the things when you're shooting for success, how many times do we? And maybe you guys can speak to this. How many times when we know somebody was hitting the plate dead center at three and four hundred, and then all of a sudden they're missing by a pretty significant amount at five and six, and we know there's not a big wind, and we know that bullet shouldn't be really off course that much. We first thing we look at is follow through. What's the guy? Is he is he anticipating the shot? Is he booger flicking? Is he you know is he yanking the thing? Is he is he playing peekaboo with the scope before he even gets down there? We see uh, a booger flicking, as our Navy SEAL sniper called it. The but snap we see of the that. Trigger. But you don't. You're not holding back. That's the one thing. That's one of the things I'm working on more. Focused on squeezing the trigger. Holding it against the back wall and then my follow through. Been working on that this year. Just oh wow, that made that <laughs> wow. That, that would be something for you. <laughs> uh, what do you mean, Brian? Are you being hurtful again? Jeez, <laughs> Louise. But no, follow through is a big part of it. Follow through is a big part because Brandon of it. made a good point there. The visualizing the shot and then following through with it. Don't just you know anticipate the shot because a lot of people long range once they get down there there's that little bit of delay and they want to look around real quick well you can't even see the target at 500 yards what are you going to see when you move your face off the scope because uh, i like to shoot off shooting sticks that's one of our favorite practice scenarios i mean that's we we don't do tons and tons off of prone but uh the shooting sticks are where like i have i always think sometimes you maybe follow your shot a little bit better. I think you see the trace sometimes a little quicker than I do. And so I want to get better at following my shot and getting behind that gun super square. You want to take that being square behind the gun into every position that, that you know, that whatever, yes, whatever exactly. goofy position you're in. I mean, sometimes you're shooting in the most, you know, bizarre position on a mountain hanging off a cliff 
but you try to get square behind it. And the more you are, the easier it is to follow your shot. So those are some of the things I've been working on this year. How many, uh, how many guys call you after the school and uh, they've got their gun out on the range now and, and they call you for tips? Does that happen all the time? Oh, we, we do. We, we've actually had it, Brandon. It's a good question. Brad and I, one of our students, I got a, um, I got a in, in reach Delorum message from a guy, uh, uh, Jack Strawhacker. He was with one of the guides that's guided me before at one of our best camps, Jesse. And the guy texted me through his Delorum going, hey, we're sitting on a sheep at 850 yards. Do you know what his What's dope his would dope? be? What's his dope? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, get 300 yards closer. <laughs> wow. That, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty cool. You know, I, I had, uh, you know, Jeff Fieldstead, he came to our school and, and uh, you know, I, and I had to take off. Right, We went on our family vacation and he's calling me saying, hey, what was that? What was that app you told us to download? And I, I, I recommended Shooter, which is an app that we use a lot. Yes, good and app. That is his two forty three. He was ready to go. You know, put that to some good use after the school, and uh, that's a lot of fun. And Jared Himsel came too, and uh, you know he, he's always been shooting a thirty out six, and uh, he came and saw, shot some of these six Creed Moors and ended up buying a six five PRC just because he was so impressed with how it shot. And, he's from Indiana, um, right? He's from Indiana. Yeah. And, um, he's, you know, he's, he's hunted for a little while now, but he's really starting to hunt more heavy. He's going up to, uh, Alaska with one of our outfitters this year. He did a good elk hunt with us. Yeah, He's an animal man. He really is. So yeah, he's going to tear it up with that six, five PRC. Yeah. That'll be fun. That'll be a fun gun for him. He'll use that forever. And he's a guy, he's always been an archery hunter, you know, all this, all this long range type, precision hunting. I mean, rangefinder, binoculars, all this stuff is new to him. So it's just been a great resource for him because he's, he's really starting from ground zero. So he's calling me every other day. Okay. What binoculars should I look at getting, you know, what I want, I want to get a suppressor. What should I get for a suppressor? Just all kinds of questions. And it's, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's fun to, to help these guys out that are, uh, that are new to this and get them set up properly. I mean, it, you know how much money we've all spent and time on buying and trying stuff and testing stuff. And man, well, we, we can enough money to save people an epic shit ton of money. No question. No question. <laughs> I mean, yeah, call shit. us, right? We, we can save. I, I notice he doesn't write any, any numbers down when you say those foul, that foul language. <laughs> he was sleeping, wasn't he? <laughs> What's our bill up to right now? Do we it's know? Not Do we being know? a distraction. <laughs> yeah. It's going up. Ka-ching. Uh, so anyway. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, finding the right mentor. Well, and, and, and the thing is, is even then some of those guys like, like Jesse and Les from Hawaii mm-hmm. are, are Hawaii boys. Yes. They flew all the way in from the big Island, got there, came to the school and, and Jesse said at that morning, I said, you know what, we were halfway through just that opening hour and a half, two hours. Right. And I said, have you learned anything? Oh, my God, it's already been worth it. Changed my life. Because I always wanted to know, do I focus on the target? Do I focus on the reticle? Where do I, where do I focus? And, he's, and he just kept saying that all day, changed everything. And he was, they both were shooting amazing tight groups. They were really good shots. Yeah, that's, that's one of the things that you explain really well because of your target or your archery, archery. target archery background. Yes. Try to say that three times fast. Target archery background. Once is good. Yeah. 
So, but uh, you know, that intrigues people because there's always that question. Do you focus on the target? Do you focus on the radical left? I right. You know, I mean, yeah. Um, you know, we could actually probably explain it. Let's see if we can do it on the podcast. So bleep, hang with me, okay? You've never been to the shooting school, right? Okay. Yep. No, so, I just to shoot. So video. take take your two fingers and put them out in front of your face, and put your left finger out as far as you can get it with your arm, okay? And then take your right finger and put it directly behind it, okay? And put it about six inches from your face. Now do me a favor. Now look at your far finger. Focus on it, okay? Now using look, the wrong finger, bleep. Now, now look at. Now look at no, don't look at him. He's he's giving me the bird. Okay, now look at your front finger. Got it. Focus on your front finger. Now focus on your back finger. Now your front finger. Now try to focus on both. You can't do it because you can't do it. You can't do it. It is physically impossible for your eyeball to focus on two things at one time. And so what people don't understand is they always ask the question, especially in archery, and that's where I heard it the first time ever. Um, and uh, um, it was like, what do I focus on? Do I focus on that 3D target out there at 80 yards? No, you bury the pin on the close. You bury it onto the target, but your eyeball has to be focused, buried on that pin. And it usually just brings in people's groups like immediately. And uh, so there's a little trick for today's uh, today's podcast tip, a little thing you can go through. Very can, cool. Yeah. Well, it was fun because well, one of the things we do is a little dot drill. We get the guys all shooting good groups, Did good you, groups at 100. Who won that, Jesse or Les? Uh, Jesse won it, I think. Jesse won it? I think it, it was Jesse. The Hawaiian, <laughs> the Hawaiian stallion. The, the, the Hawaiian lion yeah. rocked it yeah, out. They, the Hawaiian shot really well. They, yeah. They did, both of them. So, Which I, is surprising because their their line coach was Brandon. But I know it, Well, right? that's, that's – <laughs> wow. He won it despite <laughs> the coach. Wow. He says, wow. Yeah, pr- proof is in the results. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. but but that's neat because we, basically by the time we get we get them all done and we shoot a few groups, they all are shooting. I mean, the the guys, most everybody there had shot better groups than they'd ever shot in their life, which is cool. Yeah, it really is. And then we tweak it a little bit. We have them take turns, and we have we have a have them have a break. The next guy shoots. So they go back and forth. And a lot of times, like in Spearfish, Brian and I might do this and just t- back and forth, try to hit the dot. You know, the guy who hits hits all the dots or drops the fewest dots wins, right? Well, I think adding competition, yep. even like when Brandon, you and I are at the – we're always adding competition because it does put an element of pressure similar to a hunting scenario on you because your brain goes into a little bit of yeah. – there's these endorphins that flood in there. Yep. There's an attack and a stress level that goes up. And with that, it always affects breathing and anticipation. And so now you got to calm yourself because you're like, God, Brandon cannot beat me on this. It's kind of like when a coyote comes in. He thinks it's on his side. He's all relaxed. Wham, I shoot it out from under him. He's not happy. It's just, it's just reflexive. I mean, you're such a jerk. You just, yeah, you know, you that's just right. automatically. So let me ask you, do you put a clock on that too? To add we have. We have. Yeah. We have. There's, so one of the things but that we we've usually, done. The, the, the usual clock is a heckle. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's, hey, Neil, what are you going to do? Are you going to make love to that uh, shooting mat? What, what's going on here? Are you going to finally shoot? My God, I'd already had it done. <laughs> yeah. Just that, that right. heckling in your brain is enough that I can usually get them off course and then prove who's a better shot. 
Yeah, we've done some five. <laughs> we've done some five-yard shot drills, and those are timed, and that. those are fun, and those are yeah. real. Those are a totally different. Um, almost nobody's ever done that. You know, they just haven't tried that, and that's uh, that just brings a different skill that, set in. That's kind of where it comes back to. You know, you were said earlier. This is shooting season. Okay, we're recording this the first part of May. Right, so this is shooting season. shooting season. Time for us to be out there, on practicing, practicing. So when you're talking about under pressure, competition, time, all of that, muscle memory is so important, right? When you're talking totally. about target acquisition, or you're talking about, um, you know, just knowing how to how to breathe and all of that. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. The more natural it becomes. Let me put it that way. Right. So it's muscle memory, it's mind and muscle memory. Unconsciously competent. Well, here's, what, here's what we, what we tell people. You're not making a shot, you're doing your job. If we've done this right by the end of the course, and that's how all three of us approach the field, we don't go out there to make a long-range shot. We go out there to do our job. And our job is to read the wind. Our job is to follow through with our shooting sequence. Our job is to, to um, get that target acquisition, burn that reticle onto that target. We have a job, and that job is just embedded in our bra brain. Um, I had a, a guy that I used to shoot uh, tournament archery with, one of the best shots I'd ever shot with is a guy by the name of Gene Drinkman. And he used to say before he would come to a – he had a pile of sand. And he knew how many buckets of sand that was. And he had a shovel, and he knew how many of scoops it would take to move it from one side to another side. And he had a circle that he had painted on his driveway. Craziest thing I ever heard. And what he would do is he'd take that sand shovel, and he would try to get the same amount of sand to focus his brain to get the same amount of scoops and have it cleaned up and move that sand from one pile to another because that was his job. And when he got to – and that was a muscle memory for him when he was out shooting on the course. He had a job to do. And the job was just to make the shot and go through a routine and and execute that routine better than anybody else. So if you put the target on that course, because he couldn't control whether the target was at 15 yards or 75 yeah, yards. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. He just had a job. And uh, so that was his wake-up ritual before he went to the big shoots wow. in his local area. That's a pretty cool story. If you're, in, if you're in South Dakota, you don't you shovel sand, you shovel cow <laughs> Yeah. Horseman or something, but 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 that's still pretty hardcore though. That's awesome. But if you look at Brandon approach a rifle, it's like it's this is my job. Boom, just he, it's like he's done it a thousand times, right, Brandon? It's it's easy to forget, you know, when you have somebody new you're teaching. I mean, we've done it so long, it's just so natural. And you have somebody who's newer getting on a rifle, even even somebody who's hunted their whole life, but they they've never really done like a like a shooting school like this. And you see how they get on the rifle, and they they have a tendency to you know, for example, if they're prone and, uh, you know, if I'm a right-handed shooter, I put my left hand in my armpit, basically where the bag is. And a lot of them, they have a tendency to want to reach for the stock in front of the gun, right. Or things like that. Right. That's, that's what they've always done. And, and, and I forget that sometimes. And, and we just, that's why we really, even us as instructors have got to get back to the fundamentals with all these new people that are coming in and, and, and those who repeat come in again, it, it just, it's always starts with the fundamentals. Like Brad said, becoming unconsciously competent is the goal. Um, and I think also, too, I, I don't know, you know, um, I was thinking of this. You know, we had a couple guys that did bring their own rifles, not so much to use them during the school, but they just asked if we had an extra minute, if we could help side them in. And, uh, and so we, we, we obviously said, yeah, sure. And what, what usually happens when they bring their own rifle is um, maybe the gun shop mounted the scope. Or, in fact, Brad, I know you just – 
just uh, one of our students brought his, uh, it was actually a, a shotgun he, he was using and, and with a scope on it. And they had the scope mounted where it was hitting the back sight on the gun. And so we took that rifle and put a new scope on it, mounted it correctly. Brad, you just went out and shot it, got it dialed in. And so we, we offer that as a service. Uh, it's called a range, range dial and dump uh, service that we provide where we can put a whole new scope on, get the dope for that rifle. Uh, Derek Lake, we're doing his right now too. He had a, a different scope on it. He really liked the loopholes that we use. And so we're putting a loophole on his and we're doing that for him. And uh, so is, those his, that, his is out, by the way. It's already to his house. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So that was fast. That was within a week. Yeah, he got it back. It's already been sighted in out to a thousand yards and he's ready to go. And I know Brian's will be back too. I just got to get his take, get his finalized here, but uh, uh, we'll get that done next day or so. But um, yeah, his is done too. I know. I know Brad, you got that wrapped up. But that, that's that's a cool, cool service because, uh, man, I mean, how often do you have someone bring their own rifle and it's actually set up properly? <laughs> it's like never. You know, they, they don't have a bubble level on it. Their, their scope isn't level as it is. They, I mean, you know, they have a scope that it doesn't track well. You know, maybe they didn't get quite high quality enough scope to really make it work. And Remember, remember our guide one time, Brian, we, we, we had our guns all set up and we showed up and, and his bipod, which to his defense, his bipod, he mounted it intentionally backwards. Yeah, and I get understood and why. And it makes sense why he does it because he's going through the rhubarb. All the time. All the time. And he had his gun's bipod out, and it was sitting beside ours. And I was like, "Who mounted that scope for you?" <laughs> and it was it was about twenty degrees tipped to the left. <laughs> there was wow. a one power Leopold from nineteen thirty seven. Two by seven, wasn't oh, it? No, yeah, no I, I don't, oh, it was it was as old as <laughs> it, 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 I mean, it was as old as Brad. I mean, it was just crazy. Oh. It was like dirt. But anyway, so you know what I think you made you made a comment, Brandon, about the new people. You look at um, David and Ben Schram, okay? Gr unbelievable guys, right? I had so much fun. Of course, they're from Iowa, so they're super cool people. Um, well, Ben wasn't, but he, he got some of the genetics from his dad being from Iowa. But so anyway, um, they're just getting into Western hunting. So they use our company as a resource, right? Uh, applications starting to get, you know, where should I go? I don't have a lot of points. Well, how? what's the best way to, to, to crack this egg? And they trust us for that. So they come out to this shooting school well they'd never shot like that but now they have this foundation that they're talking about this gun at home and that and we could do this and that and uh um, yeah like dave's from bemidji he, he said he can't even find a spot i've never been to bemidji well, when we but asked it's like the 300 long, yards it the furthest like shot long, he'd ever made that day the night before we always asking somebody it's 85 yards yeah 85 yards. So we always ask everybody, what's their furthest shot? And I think I think the Hawaiian boys, Jesse and, and Wes, they were in the five. They were in the five because they live out there and they're shooting sheep on the island, right? Mm -hmm. But everybody else was 130, 70, 50. And by the end of the thing, you got guys like Mike. Uh, I don't remember what Mike's last name was. Yeah, Mike Plum. Yep. Yeah, unbelievable guy just getting into hunting. And he was so happy when he left. He shot that thing at 1,400 yards. You'd have swore. I mean, you know, it was like, yes, baby. And I think that's the most rewarding thing. Yep. He was blown, he was blown away. I mean, he, uh, in fact, um, I'm going out with him this week to dial in his, his personal rifle. And uh, chances are it's going to be another range dial and dump project for us too. But uh, he has, he, you know, just he, he's probably going to get a different scope on it. And, you know, once you see what what the, this equipment can do with uh, with the proper application, you know you, you you can't live without it. It's just that it's 
it's it's too uh, too valuable when you, when you go to the field. You know, you're going to be hunting animals. I think you owe it to the animal uh, to to have the right equipment and uh, also make sure you know how to run that equipment properly. Well, one of the funny things I always hear is, wow, I shot more today than I have in 10 years. Mm -hmm. uh, because because what they do, bleep, is they come in, and so they go sight their gun in every year with a half a box of shells, and then they hunt all year, and they shoot one or two times, and that's it. So let's say they shoot 12 times a year. Um, by by 11 o'clock that morning, they've effectively shot four, four years, five years, six years worth of shooting in one three, four-hour period. By the end of the day, they've packed in eight years of normal shooting for right. him in 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 so brad always says you can't buy trigger time but you do buy it here to some degree and I, I, you know we 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 named this today shooting season because you know know your rifle know what you're shooting but for brandon and brad and uh, and myself and brian uh martin um and uh you know all the guys that shoot with us all the time and and you see on our videos those guys shoot all year long and right now is the season where they're just pouring the hours behind the trigger and oh, so is brian pouring the hours behind the trigger oh my gosh he, he has nothing else to do <laughs> brian right has brian has the most unique uh data collection that i've ever seen in my life <laughs> I call it the forty-seven thousand shot data collection oh, technique. Great. Yeah, he's he's developed that just because of his obsession of of, of having. I'm not bang. really surprised. Oh my gosh, that's oh so funny. Man. No, but anyway, I I just look at the new people that get involved, and that's my favorite part. And uh, my favorite part is, you know, it's not it's not elk season, it's not sheep season, it's 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 to me it's exercise and shooting season right now, mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, um, I see your buddy, Mr. Our buddy, Mr. Scott Palmer, your college roommate or college constituent, is uh, ran a marathon or something this last weekend. Oh, did he? Yeah. Was that on Instagram? Next time, next time I see you, Scott, I'm gonna take a mall to your ankle just to slow you down a little bit. So we he ran a full marathon. I think so. Oh, I don't know. He had a number on his twenty six point uh, two, huh? I, I, Good for maybe you, not. Scott. I don't know, but he had a he had a number on his uh, his uh, shirt. And one of those like marathon looking jerseys, like it Boston, the Boston marathon. Hey, we, we got we got the Ironman this weekend in uh, St. George, the World Championship. It's going on this weekend. Didn't you were? In, I shouldn't say didn't you. That'd have been a rhetorical question because I know the answer to it. Wow. But you were you ran the Ironman what two or three times? Yeah, I've done it uh, three. Yep. Three times. Where do you swim? In the water. Sand hole. <laughs> Where where is it? <laughs> I know that. Oh really? In Saint it didn't George, seem like it based on the question. I'm just, I'm just, where did you no, no, swim? I, okay, context being <laughs> everything in Saint George, Utah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's called Sand Hollow Reservoir. You start in there, and then uh, yeah. Oh, okay. See, there's no such thing as there's no stupid question because there are. There are a few. Yeah, it depends who's asking. Oh, let's I, just pile I think on. you better wrap this up, right? <laughs> no, we're, this is just getting fun. <laughs> Bleep this. Yeah, we, we listen to this podcast, and none of that will be in there. <laughs> we want a refund on the bleeping, damn it. <laughs> anyway, that, that's no, funny. Didn't know you could tell. <laughs> So yeah, it's uh, um, it, it 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 is. This is the time of year, and so if you're sitting there today, I just got to tell you that if I was you, I'd get out. You don't have to burn ammo to practice shooting. You don't have to burn ammo to. Uh, it's um, more fun though. It's a lot more fun to burn ammo. It, it is. <laughs> I don't know. I I get just as big of uh, a bang 
Pun intended. Oh, huh? punny. Punny. punny boy. Um, I get just big a bang out of shooting things. Uh, just you, don't drive that. you don't have to bleep that one. Yeah, you exactly. No. no, there it is. So anyway, yeah, it. Uh, um, I'd get out there. Um, I'm just looking at your notes. The autonomy of a shot, fundamental marksmanship, knowing your rifle. I think bleep, bleep. See, just, just so all you listeners know, bleep is more useful than just. Did uh, he really put the autonomy of a shot or anatomy of a shot? Oh, I'm anatomy. sorry. Anatomy. <laughs> anatomy. Autonomy. Uh, yeah. Leave it to the it dentist. Depends on your leave target it, if you want to be exactly. autonomous. Uh, <laughs> autonomous. Leave it to me thinking of the dentist that over there. Ana- the anatomy. I'm sorry. The autonomy. The anatomy. Um, so yeah, I think I think we've touched on it just about everything. But honestly, the shooting part of our business is it, it is so much fun. It it we we love it. It we love running these schools. We would love to have you go to rollingbones.com. Okay, check out our membership first of all because we have one designed for anybody and everybody that's getting into the hunting world, and no matter where you're at, we'd love to help you uh, live out your next dream adventure. And uh, but make sure you go to RollingBones.com, go to courses, click on them. Kelly's just updated them all, and for all the future courses, they include the rifle and ammo, which a lot of people are so scared of with ammo and stuff. And we work really hard to make sure we have an appropriate amount, but it includes rifle and ammo. And uh, like Brandon said, go ahead and uh, check out the rifle packages also. And if you got a rifle that you love, I know Brian Martin's super sad story. Yeah. We should everybody keep him in, in his thoughts and prayers too. Yeah. His pa- his father just passed away. It was his um, 88th birthday today. Yep, and, and and it was super cool because Brian yep. um, Brian drew a a sheep tag this morning yep. on his dad's 88th. Yeah. And and one wow. of the, it, yeah. yeah. And his dad. There's more to the story, Brandon. And Listen. his dad asked him. He has a pre ninety four pre sixty four sorry pre sixty four uh, pre ninety four a pre sixty four um, rifle two seventy two seventy caliber two seventy model seventy um, and his dad said would you shoot your sheep with this rifle because this was his hunting rifle yep and uh, so he's getting it all set up so Brian Martin one of the premier sheep hunters in the world and his dad's never shot a sheep. He, but but took he him wanted, sheep hunting all the time. Yeah, and, but he wanted his rifle used. Yeah. So that's a super he'll cool send story. It, he'll yep. send it with his dad in mind. Yeah. For sure. Super cool story. But anyway, go to rollingbones.com and uh, check out all there is that we have to offer. Um, we would love to help you. We offer service, access, value, and education. Here's another reminder. Please be sure to subscribe to Hunt the World wherever you get your podcast. We like you to hit that subscribe button. The reason being is then it's on your feed and you will never miss it. I know we have a Correct. lot. We have yep. a lot of people. Jim Bonanno, yep. Jonathan Ankner, Al yep. Jones. They, every Thursday, man, I'm getting a text. Um, and uh, um, We picked up new subscribers in Australia last month. In, in Australia? No more kidding. Than, more than any other country last month. Well, they should call and ask us to come hunting and we could accommodate. And, I will. Uh, <laughs> so big shout out to Australia. But wherever you get your podcast, you'll find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, pretty much wherever you get them, we're there. Also, share the podcast with your hunting buddies and friends. We would love to have them join us. We are here to serve, give you access, value, and education. That is our mantra. So, anyway, Brandon, you going to go shooting this week? Absolutely. Any last? I'm going to go 
uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going out for sure Saturday, but I gotta, I gotta go around all the Ironman guys. I'm gonna have to shoot around them. <laughs> oh, is Ooh. it? Is it? The, what do they do by their, by the range? They actually don't go by the range, so I'll be okay. <laughs> He's oh. just trying, trying to round. get their times go a little faster. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get them. We'll get them. Uh, get get them moving. Get, we yeah. get them on the march. Well, you know what? Great job. Um, if anybody has any questions or comments or um, wants to, any information from Brandon, it's Brandon, okay? Like, um, go Brandon at rbohome.com. Is it okay if I give emails out? No? We should make his. Yeah. We should make I a think new it one is. for him. I mean, because people like to know who we are, right? It's personal, right? And then Brad at rbohome.com. Bleep at harbyohome.com if you want to know how he runs the uh, um, all the stuff in here, and then uh, um, and mine is uh, you know info at rollingbonerbohome.com. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, no, I'm just kidding there a little bit, but not really. So um, we really do appreciate you listening, and guys, thank you. Um, I love talking shooting. We all do, and it's in our DNA. You want to come see us? Uh, get a hold of us. We'll answer any questions you have. Listen, until next time, stay safe, be healthy, and happy hunting. That's stupid. <laughs>